This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. How are you, Frank? I'm all right, Andrew. I've been better. I've been better, too, Frank. We'll, we'll get into that later, but this is episode number 10 of Cinema Fix. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about film, and each week we release an episode in two parts. For those of you that haven't Listen to Cinema Fix before. Basically, the first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of whatever movie we're talking about that week. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and would appreciate a more in-depth discussion about what works and what doesn't work, definitely listen to that. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. And we've decided to approach this film in, a, in, in an interesting way. Frank, have you seen any of the Twilight movies before now? I have not. Well, I have seen all of them. And they aren't particularly good films. So what we decided to do is we decided to do a, a little experiment. And Frank, you went to see Twilight Breaking Dawn completely sober. With no protection. With no protection. Yes. And I went to see it fairly intoxicated. He was overserved. It wasn't his fault. If if you follow the Film Geek Radio Twitter account, you can find some video updates that Frank, you and I were doing throughout this experience. But essentially I was a little bit buzzed going sure. into Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1, and I was completely hammered by the time we left. I'm still a little bit drunk as we record this right now. The whole goal of this experiment was to discover whether or not being under the influence of alcohol can make these films more enjoyable, make them more palatable. And because we are professional journalists, you know, I decided to sacrifice my physical well-being in order to to bring you Number this five. this Number discovery. But, uh, but before we reveal what we learned about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 and, and what we learned about the influence of alcohol in terms of how we view film, Frank, why don't you uh, tell our listeners what this movie is about, what it is. Give them the, the, the basic information. <laughs> Twilight Breaking Dawn Still stars Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, directed by Bill Condon, and written by Marissa, Melissa Rosenberg, based on the book by um, Stephanie Meyer. It basically centers on Edward and Bella's wedding and the complication that arises after the honeymoon, the night at the honeymoon. Here's a clip. Oh my gosh! You're so beautiful! <laughs> Crap, my mascara. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Charlie, get in here. <laughs> you sure? I don't wanna. Uh, 
I know. I look hot. <laughs> we thought you needed something blue. And something old. Besides your mother. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was uh, Grandma Swan's. But we added the sapphires. It's beautiful, you guys. Wow. Thank you so much. It's your first family heirloom. Pass on to your daughter. And your daughter. And welcome back. All right. Let's let's just talk briefly about our general thoughts on the movie, whether or not we think people should go see it. I'm going to start the clock right now. Frank. Don't go see this movie. Uh, well, okay. That was quick. I was about Dude. to ask you. Ha- have you seen any of the uh, previous Twilight I films? have not. I have not. And I went into this movie, to be honest, I, I went into this movie absolutely dreading the next two hours. And I don't think that it was because of that attitude that I didn't have a good time. It was an awful, awful movie on an acting level, on a writing level. It wasn't exactly a triumph of directorial skill. It just all over was just – let me put it this way. You frown when you hear the jokes. You laugh out loud when you hear the drama. That's how bad of a movie it was. Andrew, what did you think? Well, before we get into that, I just want to say, you know, Frank, when you say you don't like a film, I mean, for example, you didn't particularly care for Immortals last week, although I did. Would you say that this is worse than Immortals? Yes. Yes. In what respects? I would say Immortals had a slightly more of a plot. The dialogue was a little bit better. And the acting, Mickey Rourke has much more charisma than any of the actors in Twilight. So <laughs> You're saying he would make a better vampire or a better werewolf? I'd be more interested watching him being a vampire or a werewolf. I'm not saying it's something that I would choose if given among other options, but... If pressed, I would probably enjoy it more. Okay, well, do you think that the fact that you hadn't seen any of the previous Twilight films, was that why you didn't particularly care for this one? I don't think so. I kind of tried to familiarize myself with the Twilight canon before I went in so I wouldn't be completely lost. I mean, I was honestly just trying to judge how well it had been put together, how engaging the story was. And the story just wasn't there. It was just a very, I thought it was a very overdone movie. You know, just overdramatic. You have certain expectations when you go into a film like Immortals where you know that a good part of it is going to be people beating each other to a pulp. But here they were actually going, like, for some genuine emotion and I think some genuine characters. And a lot of it just fell flat. I would absolutely agree with you. I have seen the other Twilight films. And while I don't think they're spectacular films, I think they're they're average at best. This movie is absolutely terrible. It is probably the worst of the entire Twilight franchise. The, the script is awful. The acting's pretty terrible. But as we mentioned earlier, Frank, we did this experiment where you went to see it sober and I went to see it fairly drunk. And I have to say... That under the influence of alcohol, the comedic effects of the Twilight franchise are magnified a hundredfold. I mean, there are moments in this movie which are so absurd, and there are lines of dialogue which are so melodramatic and over the top. How about the music? 
and the music is oh my god let's not even talk about the music i mean it, it's so melodramatic and over the top that under the influence of alcohol i felt free to just laugh and chuckle and go along with the ride without worrying about whether or not i would offend anybody around me you know if you want to see how drunk i was there are video updates if you follow at film underscore geek underscore radio you know on twitter but i i have to say that the movie is so bad that because i was under the influence of alcohol i was able to just go along with it and enjoy it a lot more and just laugh at it because it really is so terrible. It's kind of hilarious. I mean, even from the sober perspective, I just hit a point like towards the end where I just like I didn't care if I offended anybody. I just it just got so ludicrous where the laughs just kind of poured out. I mean, there, there's really no character development at all. These characters are boring. They're flat. I didn't care about their the dialogue situation. is so cliched. I haven't heard dialogue this cliched. Yeah. In a long time. I mean, there's there's no villain. There's no plot. I mean, say what you will about the, the, the Twilight franchise. At least the other films had a plot. They had a villain. This movie is essentially Bella and Edward get married. Bella gets pregnant. Complications Spoiler ensue. Spoiler alert. That's, that's it. I mean, there's really nothing that happens. There's no villain. It's It's all dependent on whether or not you care about the relationship between Bella and Edward. And because I really don't care about them as characters, because they're so flat, because they're so empty, because there's nothing there beyond pure infatuation, I just didn't care about them. I didn't care about the fact that they were getting married. I thought it was all very over the top, very cliche, and really stupid. Yeah, the thing is, it's so melodramatic when they're like, I love you, I love you so much, I can't lose you. You know, that's all they ever do is talk, 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 talk about it. And it just gets to the point where it's so overdone, you can't even take the relationship seriously. Or it's just a walking cliche after a while. And it just, it, nothing, it didn't move me at all. Right. And, I, and I'm not sure. I mean, I think a lot of the blame has to. We, we we have to blame Stephanie Meyer to a great extent and the source material. I've never read the book, so I, I, I don't know. I haven't either, but from what I understand, these movies are fairly faithful to the books. And the plot of the books is just th – there's not much of a narrative here. And because I feel like they're trying to please the, the Twihards, the Twilight fans, they're sticking fairly close to the books. And Bill Condon, who is an Oscar-nominated director – he really doesn't do anything here to really set this installment apart from the rest. He doesn't really do anything to make me care about Bella and Edward as people. No, he doesn't. That he really I feel like he really uh screwed up the pacing just in terms of there are such long periods for the movie will just hit the same note over and over and over again without advancing the plot at all because there is no plot to advance. It really is just they set up this problem where she's pregnant and they dwell on that problem without it really raising too many issues throughout the rest of the film. Right, and I mean I think I think there are issues to explore here. I mean it's not like this love triangle between – a vampire, a human, and a werewolf is a bad idea. I think you could do some decent things with that idea. 
and True Blood to an extent, even though this last season was terrible, you know, has taken some of these similar ideas and themes that we found in Twilight and updated them and made them more accessible to a to an adult audience. So, I mean, there are things you can do with these concepts. The problem is the script and the director, Bill Condon, really don't explore them. And as a result, I just don't care. It's all very laughable. I'm, I'm going to be frank here. There's a scene in the middle of this movie involving nothing but a pack of werewolves communicating telepathically. And we see that and we understand that through voiceover. And it's absolutely hilarious. Because you can't tell who's talking to who. We can't tell who is who. We can't tell what the big deal is about what they're discussing. I mean, you've got a bunch of CGI werewolves communicating through their minds. And in the middle of that scene, there's this big stare-off between Jacob in his wolf form and some other wolf. I think his name was Sam. Right. And they stare at each other. And it's supposed to be this big, tense moment. And then when one of them finally speaks telepathically, you can't help but burst out laughing because it's just the lamest, most contrived moment ever. Right. I mean, there are things in this film that when I think about them, I'm just like, why was that such a big deal? Why why does this even matter? And the, the movie is hammering you as an audience member over the head like, this is important. This matters to Bella and Edward. This is a big deal. It, but it's not. They it's don't. Really they never not. earn it. They never earn it. They never explain why it's such a big deal. They never explain why we should care. And as a result, it's all just really hilarious. I mean, I get the feeling that this is a movie made specifically for fans of the book. If you, I think, if you love the book and you come in with like this huge awareness of what's going on, then you're fine. But if if you're like me and you haven't read the book. I think you come in and you're like, wait, you need to explain some of this because it just sounds like gibberish. Right. I mean, look, if you're a fan of the books, if you're a fan of the Twilight franchise, nothing that we say is going to convince you not to see this movie. But if you're not a big fan, all I can really say is that, you know, I'm not a fan of Twilight. I think it's detrimental to the culture. I think there's some very disturbing subtext happening in the franchise, which we'll, which we'll talk about when we get into spoilers. But there's really nothing here to set it apart from the other installments in the series, and there's nothing really here that, that I find entertaining. Um, and I have to say, the fact that I was pretty hammered throughout this movie made it much more enjoyable. Instead of being so bad, it's agonizing, and I'm spending the whole time thinking, why am I here? I spent my experience watching Twilight Breaking Dawn thinking, oh, that's so bad. It's hilarious. This is funny. I'm really buzzed and having a great time because I feel good. Oh, man, this movie sucks. I mean, I was sober, and I I was even thinking that to a certain extent. I mean, I was looking at my watch the whole time. I could not wait to get out of there, and uh, it, it's so bad it it becomes funny almost in a way. And I mean, that's what you you always hear when you talk to people about the Twilight movies. And in this one, it just it, it's it's almost like a supernatural soap opera. Oh, absolutely. And I want to give credit where credit is due. I don't think that these are untalented. Actors, I don't think that this is an untalented director. I mean, as we mentioned, Bill Condon was nominated for an Oscar. And Kristen Stewart, I think, has a lot of talent. If you've seen anything like... Adventureland? 
exactly Adventureland. You know she's got a lot of talent, or even Panic Room to some extent. And I mean Taylor Lautner, even though he was in that awful movie Abduction, I think he he's got the that kind of square jawed, handsome leading man features, and he shows enough expression in this film. I think that he is talented. I think he could have a career ahead of him. And the same goes for Robert Pattinson, even though he essentially does nothing around, but he does Rude. nothing but stand around and look constipated. I mean, I, I think you've got talented performers here, but the source material is so bland and it's so limited in terms of the emotion it allows them to convey that they, they really aren't allowed to stretch their acting legs. Yeah, the material, you feel kind of bad. The material gives nobody anything to work with. And you kind of, as much as I'd like to sit here and really just full out bash the acting, I mean, you have to wonder, given these lines, I mean, how would other actors fare? I mean, some of these lines I don't think are salvageable. I think some of it is just so over the top and there's nothing in these scenes to play with that I, I just, I honestly, I, I think a lot of the actors are as big a victim as the audience in some of these cases. Oh, I, I would absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I, I kind of have the feeling that if the source material is this bland, if the source material is this one-dimensional, is this boring, why not take it in a new direction? Why not, if you're the director, try to spice it up a little bit more? But I also understand that because this is such a, such a successful franchise and they don't want to piss off the fans. The built-in audience, yeah. They've got to stay fairly true to the source material. And in this case, I think that that is detrimental. I would agree. I, I mean, I just think that, I mean, even if you just kept the same scenes that were in the novel, but tried to like rework them a little bit just so that they even flowed better or the, the conflicts seemed believable. And at least that the dialogue would seem realistic. Yeah, it's just some of it here is just so melodramatic or it feels so forced. And, and the thing of it is, is this Breaking Dawn, I mean, I don't know about the other Twilight movies. This movie in particular I thought was very, very talky. There are very, very brief bursts of action. And, I mean, when I say brief, I mean like literally a minute, maybe two minutes. I, exactly, because there, there's no yeah. plot. There, there's no villain. There's no goal. I mean, it, it, it really is just – a failure on every level of writing. And I kept I kept thinking as I was sitting there, you know, in a bizarro world, it would have almost been great that if Aaron Sorkin would have stepped in and written the dialogue here because when you have a movie that talky, the dialogue cannot be as bad, as trite, as over the top as it is here. Absolutely. I, when it, when you, I mean, your whole movie rides on them talking. It just yeah, – after a while, you just get tired of, of watching it. And, and everything in this movie is built up so – it's it's everything is built up to be such a momentous moment after a while. You just can't help but roll your eyes at it. I agree with you completely. Now, Frank, before we wrap up and move on to uh, part two when we get into spoilers, I just want to ask you, OK, we, we both agree that this movie is terrible. Yeah. You were sober throughout the experience. Yeah. I was not. What was your overall impression of the film at the end of the day? Uh, I think my overall impression of the film was that it was just – it was kind of embarrassing, I think, to be there. I mean I've never had that experience before. Like when Andrew and I went out to lunch before the film, you know, where I was in, I was actually embarrassed to say the name of the movie we were going to. Even asking for the ticket, I had to go up and ask the ticket and I and – I, I w practically whispered the name Twilight 
and the woman was like, what? I didn't hear you. I was like, uh, Twilight, okay? Twilight. I'm going to see Twilight. <laughs> and I, was, you know, and you go into these things as a critic thinking, you know what? I, I should be keeping an open mind. And you get in there and it's just that bad. We're like, I, I was like, no, you know what? I should have been embarrassed to see this. This is a, this, there was nothing redeeming about this at all. I would agree with you. And, you know, I was slightly buzzed going into it. I was completely hammered by the end of it because I snuck some wine in with me. And the movie was so bad, it really did drive me to drink. It was like, I can't believe that this is happening, that they're expecting me as an audience member to accept what I'm seeing on screen. Well, it would be funny because I would hear a line that I think was particularly hokey or see something just unbelievably stupid. And you look over and Andrew would be like reaching for the water bottle to take a hit. Yes, I, I, I would I would honestly be like, I can't believe I paid money to see this. I need to drink. Yeah. To dr- I need to drown my sorrow and my disappointment in alcohol. And I have to say, look, if you're listening to this, drink responsibly. You know, I don't condone drinking and driving or anything like that. All I can say is honestly being pretty hammered while I watched this film, I think elevated the experience for me because whereas I watched the other films in the franchise completely sober and absolutely hated it and was fairly bored and didn't understand the point. I thought they were average movies with this film. I thought, you know what? This is a terrible movie. But because I was really buzzed, because I was kind of drunk, I was just – I was kind of enjoying how bad it was. And I would laugh out loud at the screen. I would make quote-unquote witty yeah. <laughs> comments to Frank about what was happening and I didn't feel – Oh, Andrew would lean over. At one point he was particularly – this was at his like absolute peak of having gotten like – Three-fourths of the way through the wine bottle, which, by the way, he said there's no way I'll ever finish this before we went in. Yeah, I didn't think I would have to finish it, but I did just and because would lean over so and bad. Like, this is so bad, and his breath would just hit you, and it reeked of wine. <laughs> it just, just... Right. I mean, I, I mean, the movie really is awful. I have to say, if you're going to see this movie, honestly, I have to say that bec- seeing it slightly drunk – I think did improve the experience. For we are me. in no way, though, advocating that people bring alcohol to the theater. Just because we're hitting, we've hit this point pretty hard in this review. Just let me clarify: Andrew was not on his own during. I drove him to the theater. Yeah, right, right. I Absolutely. drove him back. Be responsible, yeah. people. If if you're under the influence of alcohol, don't drive or anything like. Don't drive. That. And he was not to the point where he couldn't handle himself. So, right. um, please don't take this to mean that we're advocating. You know, bring alcohol in the movie theaters or uh frank anything you want to say wrapping up our our general thoughts on twilight breaking dawn part one um no i i think i think we've pretty much said it all okay well i think we're both on the same page this is not a good film don't go see it that will wrap it up for our for part one of our episode on twilight breaking dawn part one don't forget to tune into part two and we will be discussing spoilers and getting into some of the crazy stuff that happens in the film. Uh, we would love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com. You can also comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com uh, and subscribe to the show through iTunes. You know, we would love to get your feedback. If you like the show, please give us a review. You know, help get the word out about it. And uh, you can also tip us online through the donate button. We really appreciate your support. Uh, I mean, you have you have no idea. Film Geek Radio 
really does rely on listeners like you to, to keep us going. Frank, where can people find you online? FJ Reddy at Twitter and uh, my blog, quite frankly, entertainment at wordpress.com. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolshopeffect.com. If you are a listener of the show, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writer Andrew. Send me a message and let me know you're a listener and I will be sure to follow you back. You can also follow Film Geek Radio at twitter.com slash film underscore geek underscore radio. And you will find some video updates that we took of this whole experiment in which Frank went to see Breaking Dawn Sober and I went to see it under the influence of alcohol. So those might be fairly humorous to look at, so be sure to check those out. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for today's uh, show. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. And have fun this week getting drunk. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.